Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who has the day off. I'm glad to be spending part of my day with you, and we thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone in New Orleans is enjoying the Mardi Gras festivities, and for those outside of the Gulf South, I encourage you all to visit this fine city and take in this weekend's parades and festivities. It's such a great time, and it can start tomorrow for you guys at the Smoothie King Center with some Mardi Gras madness as the Pelicans take on the Pacers leading into the All-Star break. Shameless plug, I know, but you don't want to miss any of the action. Could see an appearance from the King Cake Baby. Unfortunately, the Pelicans were shorthanded last night. No Anthony Davis, sprained right shoulder. No Ryan Anderson, elbow soreness. And, of course, Drew Holiday, who's been out for a few weeks Pelicans couldn't hold on to a double-digit lead in the third, falling to the Jazz 100-96. I'll dive into the box score more in our next segment, but Eric Gordon led the way. 31 points, 7 of 8 shooting from three-point land, and Tyreek Evans had 18 points, 10 assists, only 2 points, though, in the second half. Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com will join me later on to talk all things Pelicans, and he'll give us his take on this team 52 games in to the season. Pretty light show today. Also, before, I want to Wish a congratulations to uh, Spurs head coach Greg Popovich. Reaching 1,000 career wins. I know he's in our division, but still, uh, Greg Popovich, a great coach. Congratulations to him on reaching 1,000 wins. Last night in a big win over the Pacers, Marco Bellinelli hits the game-winning jumper. Again, we'll see those Pacers tomorrow night. Pacers are playing well and uh, should be a good one tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. So a light show today, focusing mostly on the Pelicans. We'll continue our recap of last night's game with head coach Monty Williams and Luke Babbitt. So you don't go anywhere. A full recap next, and then we'll have Jim Eikenhofer. Don't go anywhere. More Black and Blue Report in one minute. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
It's carnival time, and your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Wednesday, February 11th at 7 p.m. when the Indiana Pacers come to town. The Smoothie King Center fills with Mardi Gras madness as the first 8,000 fans receive free Pelicans beats. Plus, halftime features the crew of Pelicans Parade. The Pelicans' best pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $13. Visit pelicans.com. Get your seats today. This is Luke Babbitt, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Time now to recap last night's loss to the Utah Jazz. Pelicans fall 100-96. to They were pretty shorthanded last night. And again, I don't want to use that as the main excuse. It does hurt when no Anthony Davis, no Ryan Anderson, and of course, no Drew Holiday. So Alexia Jinsa goes in the starting lineup. He finishes with eight points, four rebounds, four of seven shooting. He got into foul trouble early. And uh, it was pretty much Eric Gordon and Tyreek Evans leading the way for the Pelicans. 31 points for EG, 9 of 14 shooting, 7 of 8 from downtown, 6 of 6 from the foul line. Six turnovers were costly. Him and Tyreek Evans combined for 11 turnovers on the night. Evans, 18 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, 7 of 17 shooting from the field. And off the bench, it was Luke Babbitt, 15 points, 6 of 14 shooting from the field. He was also 2 of 5. From downtown. Before we get to Luke Babbitt, let's hear what head coach Monty Williams had to say to Sean Kelly following the loss. That was a lot to overcome in the first place, and it seemed like a key spots of the game. It may have had a, a factor, I guess. Yeah, we we had a chance to win. I thought our third quarter effort was about as poor as it's been all year. Execution, uh, defensively, uh, we were bad, and then we had so many turnovers down the stretch. Uh, even though we tried to fight our way back, we got the lead. And uh, we just couldn't keep those guys off the glass. They had 21 offensive rebounds, and those were the keys to the game. If we could, you know, defend them and keep them off the glass, we had a chance. I thought our defense um, was okay. We just kept giving up extra possessions. Coach, in the third, how much of that is, I guess, mental focus? And did fatigue factor in there after you guys got up by 14? Well, it could have. Uh, Their guards pressured us a lot and uh, may have worn us out. But, you know, there's no excuse for throwing the ball away the way that we did tonight. especially key guys throwing the ball away. So, um, you know, we scored enough. We just didn't get enough attempts. We only had 79 attempts. They had 93. So there's a a huge gap there. And um, our game plan discipline wasn't where it needed to be tonight. When you did finally battle back, I think you grabbed the lead there, 87, 86, thereabouts. Did did some of the old problems come back, or were there there new things there down the stretch to end up losing? No, it was bad execution, uh, throwing the ball away. Uh, we had chances in transition to find an open guy. We didn't do it. And uh, give them credit. Every time we made a mistake, they pushed it down our throat and either got a layup or a three. Coach, when you lose the game like this, do you, do you feel you took a step back? This just wasn't our night. What, at this point in the season, what, what does a game like that leave you with? Well, you, you have to learn from it, obviously. we got to get right at practice tomorrow, watch some film, and prepare ourselves for a good Indiana team. So. Uh, whether or not we took a step back, I'm not quite sure. I got to look at the film, but um, it certainly doesn't feel good. So that's that's a, a tip that we may have taken a step back. All right, Coach. Thanks. Thank you. You would think with the Pelicans blocking a season high 17 shots and hitting 13 three pointers, 13 of 22 from downtown, you would think a win. But uh, the Jazz did it with rebounding, 47 rebounds, 21 of those offensive. And uh, Gordon Hayward had a night, 32 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, 10 of 22 shooting from the field, 3 of 5 from downtown. Derek Favors added 18. Enos Cantor, 14 points, 11 boards, 
Elijah Millsap had seven boards. He's just on a 10-day contract. And off the bench, it was Steve Novak, who hasn't really played that much in the last few weeks. 12 points, all those coming from downtown, four of five shooting from beyond the arc. As, uh, and they only turned the ball over 11 times. The Jazz coming into last night's game, 15 turnovers, averaging a night tonight, or last night, excuse me, only 11. The Pelicans turned the ball over 15 times, and the Jazz scored 24 points off those turnovers. As I mentioned again, Luke Babbitt getting 26 minutes of play with the absence of Ryan Anderson and Anthony Davis. 15 points, 6 of 14, shooting 6 rebounds. He spoke to reporters after the game following the loss. Yeah, I mean, played a good first half, probably that third quarter, um, early fourth, just a little bit out of rhythm. Uh, didn't play as well. Uh, Got to play 48 minutes, you know. Um, I played uh, pretty well for stretches, but, um, you know, in the end, didn't get the win. Was there anything that um, Cantor and Hayward and company did in particular that posed specific problems in that second half? Uh, well, they're—I mean—they're really good players. They've been playing together for four or five years now. Um, you know, a good team, talented team. Um, so, you know, when we got guys down, uh, we needed to step up. Just couldn't quite uh, get the job done. Frustrating in the sense that you had um, a, a high for blocks in the first half. Rebounding was well, and you just couldn't pull it out as, as a team. Something just wasn't clicking all the way around. Three-point yeah. shooting, highest you've had in a half in a while. Yeah, I mean, it was a good first half. Um, but like I said, it's a 48-minute game. Um, they played, you know, they, they played consistent all the way through. You know, they're, they're a physical team, um, so they wore us down a little bit. But that's one we can learn from. You had a chance to get out there for some good minutes. How did you feel personally with where your game was at? I was a little bit out of rhythm, um, but just tried to come in and, and play hard. Um, you know, step up when my name was called, but uh, you know, it doesn't matter when you don't win. Rebounding now for the Pacers on Wednesday. It's a team that's always tough to match up against. How do you get mind and body right for Wednesday's contest? Yeah, no, it's a big game. Obviously, dropped two in a row, so I uh, need to come out strong, um, play well at home. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get some guys back, but um, if we don't, we have the talent to win, so I uh, just need to play a better 48-minute game. A couple more numbers for you. Pelicans shoot 42% from the field, 33 of 79. Monty Williams said in his postgame, didn't get enough shots, only 79 for the Pelicans compared to 93 for Utah. 17 of 20 from the foul line, which wasn't bad. Jazz were 13 of 19. Again, the turnovers were a big factor, and also second chance points. We talked about the 21 offensive rebounds for the Jazz, only 15 for the Pelicans, but second chance points. 30 points for the Jazz, only 11 for the Pelicans, and also the Pelicans who do a lot of their damage in the paint, only 36 points last night, and the Jazz had 46. So uh, some, those were some of the main factors in the game, and also a 29-15 third quarter for the Jazz. They ended the third on a 21-3 run. So again, the third quarter remains costly for the Pelicans as they fall to the Jazz. They dropped to 27-25, and losing last night 100 to 96. Good thing. One more game before the All-Star break against the Pacers. Again, I'll have more on that in a couple segments. But coming up next, more on the Pelicans. We'll hear from Pelicans.com writer Jim Eikenhofer. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home 
for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Hi, I'm Lisa Albright. I'm 36 years old. I had the perfect life. It was everything I ever dreamed about. Until two weeks ago. I was standing in line at the grocery store, leaning over to empty my cart when I heard it. Mommy, why are her pants too big in the back? And that's when it hit me. I'm wearing mom jeans. Never again. I will look hot in yoga pants. That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Firm and Burn chocolate peanut butter smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get into those yoga pants. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Our Pelicans talk continues on this Tuesday. When you hear Tuesday, you probably get super excited because that means Jim Eichenhofer is on the show. And sure enough, I have the honor of having him in Studio B this morning. Jim, I don't know how we got you out of Chateau Eichenhofer, but it's nice to have you in the office today. Well, you know, it's tough. It's such a uh, such a, a, a ritzy place that I have over there, so it's tough to, to drag me out of there. But I figured, you know, maybe once in a while I'll actually come into the studio and do this with you. So, But it's great to be here. Did I interrupt your golf or your archery class today? <laughs> uh, today was archery. Um, next week, I think, is – next week will be golf on Tuesday. So, But, but it's okay. No problem. I'll, I'll get right back to the archery after I get done here. Maybe we can work on some our golf skills during the All-Star break there. Sure, yeah. It, it's a nice extended break. Get to work on my swing a little bit. Absolutely, Jim. I can offer from Pelicans.com. Enough of the golf talk, enough of the archery talk, and Jim will post photos of Chateau I can offer later <laughs> uh, here. But, Jim, uh, I know the Pelicans were shorthanded last night, but they did have a 14-point lead in the third quarter. They fall to the Jazz 100-96. to What was the biggest factor in your eyes last night in the loss? I think probably turnovers was the biggest thing. It seemed like if they could have taken care of the ball and at least gotten – a shot at the basket on a lot of the possessions they would have been in much better shape I know Utah took advantage of a few of those turnovers and scored at the other end so I mean I'd say that was the biggest thing if they could have um, limited the turn their turnovers the way they did in the first half they probably would have come out with a win now I'd say one of the positives from last night Eric Gordon uh, had to step up with the absence of Ryan Anderson Anthony Davis 31 points last night he struggled in the previous three games before but are you seeing a more confident Eric lately? I think so. I think last night may have also partly been because you didn't have Anthony Davis and Ryan. He, he was on the ball a lot more. I mean, he was definitely more of a focal point of the offense. I know sometimes his opportunities aren't consistent from game to game, so that might be part of why sometimes he has slumps or he has games where he doesn't get that deep into double-figure scoring. But um, I think he he just – I think both he and Tyreek knew last night that they had to be a big part of the offense and that there was no way that they were going to get a win if those guys had quiet games. So I think that was part of it. I mean, that also may have been part of the turnovers, too, that I think both of those guys knew they had to be aggressive, and sometimes when that happens, you you might get yourself into situations that you wouldn't normally do if, if the team was full strength and you had every um, primary option out there on the court with you. Yeah, six turnovers for Eric Gordon last night. Uh, Alexia Jinsa gets to start in place of Ryan Anderson and Anthony Davis, who were both out. 
Um, a lot of people wonder why Alexi sometimes gets the minutes as the backup um, when people are hurt, plays pretty well, and then goes back to DNPs. Now, I'm not the coach, so I don't know the reasoning behind all this, or is it more of a matchup-based thing with Alexi, or is there a little more to it because you have Omer, Ryan, and AD in front of them? Is there just not enough minutes for Alexi? I think somewhat. I think the way that Monty Williams talks about it, he, he basically has said many times that he only feels like he can play three big guys among the power forward and center spots. So a lot of times that leaves Alexi as the odd man out. But I will say over the last few weeks, I know there's been some injuries and that's changed everything on certain nights, especially last night. But I do feel like overall that Alexi is getting more playing time than he had been earlier in the season. So it seems like the coaches are trying to are making an, an effort to get him on the floor a little bit more. I mean, I, I could definitely see a situation where, you know, maybe he doesn't start, but maybe instead of Omer playing 30 minutes and Alexi playing zero or five, that it's, you know, Alexi plays a little bit, a little f more minutes and maybe Omer plays a little fewer. So I think that's something that you could see. Alexi's definitely um, earned a lot, earned more playing time with some of the games that he's had in the last few weeks. I don't know if you can answer this next question. I'm kind of throwing this out there to you, but uh, I noticed on a chart yesterday, Omer Oshik, his minutes, quarters one, two, and three, and then his uh, minutes in the fourth quarter, it's about 360 in the first, 280 in the second, around the th over 300 in the third, but only around 180 in the fourth. Is hmm. that just based on fatigue for Omer, or just in fourth quarter, you know, the lineup gets different? Is that a Ryan Anderson AD type of uh, front court? In the fourth quarter, what what do you see behind Omer's lack of minutes in the fourth? That's interesting breakdown. I actually didn't realize that it was that drastic of a difference, but I will say I've noticed there's a lot of games where, well, I guess what would be interesting would be to see, I know this is getting really uh, in-depth, but to see the breakdown of where Omer's fourth quarter minutes are mm -hmm. because of, of those 180 or so minutes that you mentioned in the fourth quarter, I would say that probably almost all of them are in the first few minutes of the fourth quarter. I think one explanation is he's uh, obviously not a good free throw shooter at all, so I think sometimes you can't have him on the court in the last three, four, five minutes of the game just because, you know, when possessions are that crucial, you can't have a guy go into the line and, and potentially coming up empty with going 0 for 2 or even 1 for 2 in some of those key situations. So I'd say that's the biggest thing. Um, just and the other thing is just offensively, he's he's not one of the, the top five offensive players on the team. So sometimes in when in crunch time, they need uh they need five guys out there that can that can score. Fair enough. There, the Pelicans twenty seven and twenty five, a game and a half back of the eighth spot in the West. Phoenix is in front of them, tied with the Thunder for that ninth seed. But the Pelicans had the tiebreaker over the Thunder after winning the series three to one. Jim, thirty games to go. What's your assessment of this team? Fifty two games in. I mean, I think. It's there's it's good and bad. I think it's good that they're they're still in the playoff race. I think if you would ask most people, if they were being honest before the season, um, hey, you can you can be one and a half games out, fifty two games into the season, almost at the All Star break, would you take that? And I would say pretty much everyone would. Um, I think the obviously the biggest goal is to make the playoffs. But after the last three seasons, being in the race and having the conversation that we can have every day about who's you know how how many games back they are what the other teams in the race are doing i like the fact that that's been a really nice step but on, on the on the other hand i think 27 and 25 is probably a little bit less than what the what the team expected i think record wise you know 
I would have liked to be a little, have a little bit better record, but um, it's been uh, it's been surpri- a little bit surprising that that 27 and 25 has you right in the race in the West. But I mean, um, hopefully in the second half they can have some more good stretches like what they just had recently and put themselves in even better position to to get into the playoffs. Is it frustrating or weird to know that the Pelicans are 19 and 14 against the Western Conference, but are 8 and 11 against the East? They've beaten 10 of the 16 teams that would be in the playoffs right now, but somehow have struggled against some of the bottom teams in the East and even some of the bottom teams in the West. What do you? It just seems a little odd, but would would you think we'd be at this point uh, with this team right now? No, I I think it. I mean it. It's very. It does. It's very surprising, and it's hard to even pinpoint what the reason for it is. I know just talking to people and talking to fans on Twitter, that seems to be the number one thing that people always bring up is just all the losses that they've had to teams that you wouldn't expect. But I feel like people underestimate a little bit of how much that happens around the NBA. For example, the Atlanta Hawks, who have who are off to an amazing start, have losses to the Lakers, the Magic, um, Charlotte. Uh, Golden State lost to the Lakers. I mean, but to be totally honest i mean it's definitely been more extreme with the pelicans than maybe almost any team in the nba i'm not sure if there's another team that has as drastic of a split as they do in terms of that they're not that much better against teams with losing records than they are teams with winning records and i don't know if there's a team another team in the west i'd have to look this up that has a better record against the west than the east i they might the pelicans might be the only one mm-hmm. so the reasons for that i can't tell you yeah. if i knew then i would go over there right now and walk barge into practice and say, hey, guys, I got the answers it's right here on this list of things. But, I mean, that's definitely been the most um, confounding part of the season so far for these guys. Well, I hope you would go over there and talk to them. <laughs> I, that's the least I would think from you. Jim, I want you to um, – I know you have multiple PhDs. You're a, a psychologist when you're not doing writing on pelicans.com. So if all the fans right now are sitting on the couch, they're kind of looking up and they're thinking what's going on with this team. You know, people – I think just looking at Twitter last night, it's hard to judge based off Twitter, but people are very quick to jump over the ledge and say that this season is over. You know, we can't beat a Jazz team. You know, why talk about the playoffs? Mm-hmm. But when we think about it, only a game and a half back with a win tomorrow night and a loss tonight for the Suns, we could be sitting a half game back of the eighth spot going into the All-Star break. Why should fans kind of, I don't want to say calm down a little bit, but with a healthy team potentially coming back after the All-Star break and an easier schedule than the first half, should uh, we shouldn't be panicking right now, should we? No, I agree. And I should point out, I do not have any PhDs, but I do have a degree from Ithaca College in New York, which is probably more valuable than three or four PhDs. Well, that's debatable, but, but you know <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, no, I think, the, I think the biggest reason why I understand completely why people were upset after the loss last night and I felt the same way right after the game. But at the same time, what I would tell people to to calm them down a little bit is I feel like there's been multiple times this season where there's been a loss like this and people have said, not to name any any names, but you know, even people in the media here have said, season's over, it's done. Right. They're let's start thinking about the draft. And then they they went on a stretch I think where they won seven of nine or something like that beat a bunch of good teams here yeah um so i mean basically i feel like this has happened so many times already and then here we are like you said it's only one and a half games out and um coming up on the all-star break they could be right there on the 
even if they even if they're two and a half games at the, right. out at the All Star break, you still don't don't look at the situation like the season's over. The other thing too is Phoenix has a really tough schedule. Um, I'm I'm probably looking f- a little bit too far ahead here, but if you look at Phoenix's schedule, their last ten games is probably the toughest schedule of any team that you could possibly have. They play like every good team in the West and every good team on almost on the road. So, I mean, really, if you're in if you're in the race. If you can be in it going down into April, you have you have a completely legitimate chance to get in and pass them. So. Yeah, Pelicans have three different home stands after the break. They start with two East teams in Orlando and Miami, and a, I think fans are starting to feel a little better, Jim. I can kind of feel <laughs> in the air. I appreciate that. But also at the same time, don't you take it as a positive when you see so many fans talking about this team on Twitter? I mean, this is the first time I know since I've been here that I get the scoreboard watch right now, seeing mm-hmm. how other teams are doing, and fans are, are really – seems very passionate about this team and wanting this team to be successful it is no matter what they think of, Oh, the season's over. It seems it's not over. It's nice to see that you see all these fans that are tweeting and are very passionate about this team right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the last three years, I think it, by this point, I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think you legitimately were not in the, in the playoff race at all. And you, if you started talking about it at, on February 10th in the last three seasons, people would probably laugh at you a little bit mm-hmm. because it wasn't realistic. So it has been good. I mean, I think they've they've definitely made progress. This season is completely different than the previous three, and um, so hopefully, you know, they can make that last step and and get in for the first time to, since 2011. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, before you go, um, All Star break is upon us. Anthony Davis will be representing the Pelicans not only on Sunday but All Star Saturday night. With the shooting stars competition, not my, not my, not my favorite competition of the ball, <laughs> I would say. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I, I've been kind of disappointed with All Star Saturday Night the mm-hmm. last few years, just the way the dunk contest has been. Um, but I think this year the three point contest I'm excited about. We have Steph yeah. Curry, Clay Thompson, Kyle Korver, Wesley Matthews, JJ Redick, Marco Bellinelli. Mm-hmm. You have all these guys dunk contest. I'm excited to see some of these young guys, but not really. I miss it where it was the Vince Carters. Um, Love to see LeBron James there. What's your favorite part about All-Star Weekend? I would say besides the games, there's something about All-Star Saturday night. Is it just about all the all the players and celebrities being there? What What do you like so much about it? I'm not big into the celebrity part of it, but that's just my personality. Yeah. Well, because you're doesn't... a celebrity, so it's hard <laughs> to get excited about other celebrities. Right? Exactly. You know, they're just it's just they're just my peers, I guess. Yeah. No, no. Uh, the uh, I I think this is the first year in a long time that I've heard people whether it's jokingly or maybe even partly seriously say that they think the three-point contest should be the last event because the dunk contest has always been the last event because it's historically been the marquee thing, the thing that everybody's like. that Everything builds up to that, and that ends the night. But I know last year's dunk contest was really tough to, to take because it when it ended, everybody was like, wait, that's it's over? And they I don't think they even named like an individual champion, mm-hmm. which kind of goes completely right. against the – history of the event and I think they realized that after it happened that that's probably that'll be the last time that we ever see it run that way but um I'm I think the three-point contest this year for sure is the thing that I'm looking forward to the most a lot of people have said that it's the best field ever so you have somebody like Kyle Korver who's shooting over 50 percent from the three-point line this deep into the season is so unusual especially with how many he takes right and some of the other guys you mentioned it's just such a great field and I think for it could be one of the one of the only times when people are are more excited and making more noise in the crowd for that than they are the dunk contest. So that's definitely the thing that I'll make sure I try to watch this weekend. 
Now, I know you'll be out in your second home in the Hamptons <laughs> during All-Star Weekend, but what can we uh, expect on Pelicans.com as far as content-wise? Got some video sure. for Anthony yeah. Davis? Yeah, they're, they're going to be sending – we're going to have video people in New York City from Pelicans.com that are going to be doing a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff on him. Um, I'll, I'm going to be writing an article that will be up in a couple days just kind of talking about all of the All-Star moments that he's had this, this season and just the reason why he's an All-Star which I think is it's not too hard. It's not a difficult case to make. I Very think short might, article, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be a paragraph or yeah. two. No, but uh, just talking to some of the other guys on the team about some of the stuff that they remember from this season. So uh, those will be some of the things that we uh, will have on the site. Good stuff. So check out all that stuff on pelicans.com this weekend. as uh, It is All-Star Weekend. One more game tomorrow night. Come out to the Smoothie King Center. Mardi Gras Madness is in store. May see King Cake Baby, may not. I don't know. He's he's out and about in the town right now. But uh, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com, appreciate you coming on and enjoy the time and uh, work on your golf game a little bit. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Daniel. When we come back, more on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Sign of Mardi Gras, baby. <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beans, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans are having a sale. Right now, pick any three games for as low as $24 with the Special Man plan. I want to go to the Pacers, Nets, and Heat. You have to see the Special Man. Let him have it. With no problem. Say, I say, you say, I say. Get your Pelicans three-game plan today. See the Special Man. I got the $24. Let him have it. We'll put you in a great seat today with no problem. Visit pelicans.com to get your Special Man plan today. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Okay, time to wrap things up from Studio B. We only have one more show this week before the All-Star break. We'll take a break along with it. It won't be back until next Thursday, February 19th. We're back at the Smoothie King Center tomorrow in our Smoothie King Center studio. Sean Kelly back in the hosting chair as John Schumann from NBA.com. He focuses more on advanced stats for the website. He'll be on the show probably talking a lot about Anthony Davis's stats heading into the All-Star break. And, of course, it's a Wesley Wednesday, so David Wesley will be on from Fox Sports New Orleans to preview the Pelicans Pacers. We'll also get his take on All-Star Weekend. And, of course, you never know who else will stop by. Tomorrow is Mardi Gras Madness, as I mentioned earlier, at the Smoothie King Center. The first 8,000 fans will receive Pelicans Mardi Gras beads. I am actually wearing mine right now, and they are pretty sharp. Uh, look forward to those tomorrow, and it's also... The traditional crew of Pelicans pray at a halftime. Plenty of throws and an appearance by the infamous King Cake Baby, so you don't want to miss that. 
and also, more importantly, help your Pelicans, uh, cheer on your Pelicans, excuse me, as they head into the All-Star break. Need this win tomorrow, only a game and a half back of Phoenix for the eighth and final playoff spot, tied with the Thunder. Uh, we hold the tiebreaker over them. Suns play tonight against Houston, so if they lose tonight and the Pelicans win tomorrow, Pelicans will only be a half game back of the Suns for that eighth and final playoff spot. So plenty of important games um, for the Pelicans in the second half of the season, and we'll need all the support we can get at the Smoothie King Center, and that starts tomorrow night against the Pacers. A big thanks to Monty Williams, Luke Babbitt, and Jim Meikenhofer for coming on today's show. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for another edition of the Black and Blue Report. Well, until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.